Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Thursday, the 29th of September. We are at the end of September. I just cannot believe it. It's gone so fast. And we welcome you to the Global Watch. And this is the Russia-focused watch today. We're so glad, we're so thankful for the connection into Russia these days and for all of us to really have ears to hear and eyes to see what God is doing in that nation. God is at work at, in all nations, no matter what political spectrum we we uh, uh, feel is right. But um, uh, goodness, uh, we're thankful for you guys. Fred is gone uh, for this week to through Saturday. He is in Washington, D.C. for meetings on uh, drug addiction. So we're thankful that God has got him on the front line for another battle that we're spiritually facing all over the world. But um, anyway, thank you, Katya. Good to see you. I'm going to turn it over to you. Hi, everyone. Happy to see you, too. Can you hear? There's an Can you hear an echo when I speak? No? Okay, that's good. Thank you, those who prayed for us very, very much. Uh, we really needed it, and we still do. And it's so good to be um, in one body, to be praying for each other, to be in one kingdom. And we just came back from uh, a, a city called Mariupol that is one of the most damaged in the eastern Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That's where we went last time. We went as volunteers with humanitarian aid. But this time we spent longer time and did some spiritual things there as well. But I would like to start with worshiping our God. So Eugenia will lead us in worship and our God will be very happy. Thank you, Katya. Now we have a little bit of echo. I believe it's coming from Evnenia. She's the only one that's unmuted. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come quickly. Your will be done the same here on earth as it is in heaven. Let heaven come on earth as it is in heaven let heaven come let heaven come let heaven come let heaven come Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name your kingdom come quickly your will be done the same here on earth as it is in heaven let heaven come on earth as it is in heaven let heaven come let heaven come let heaven come let heaven come for yours are the kingdom yours are the power yours are the glory forever amen yours uh, is the kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen yours is a kingdom yours is a glory yours is a power forever amen yours is a kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen yours is a kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen oh yours is a kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen father yours is a kingdom yours is a power yours is a glory forever amen let you kingdom come let your will be done let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven on us is 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 it is in heaven
Thank you, Father, we worship you. And we have this heavenly joy to see your face and to seek your face. And they also, in this watch, we seek your face, we seek your kingdom, we seek your power, we seek your word. We seek your will be done. And we worship you. Let our little sacrifice be pleased for you, for your pleasure, Father. Amen. Amen. I think there was an echo because uh, we're in one room. So now there will be a big difference. <laughs> Let's do it this way. Um, we would like to share a little bit of a testimony and then pray about a certain uh, thing. And then Susha will share. So we want to share about the situation in, uh, in Eastern Ukraine where we went and, and then um, pray into that. And then Susha will share about the situation in Russia and pray, we will all pray into that. Um, we haven't been really preparing for this watch at all. So I ask God for his grace <laughs> uh, because we are, um, we're still not home and we're a bit um, tired. <laughs> so we went to the same place um, as in summer, but this time we had more, we were there longer, like a week. And uh, the city is, um, the city of Mariupol is one of the most damaged cities in this war. 
I would say about 90% of the buildings are damaged. Uh, some can be restored, some can not be. Uh, there's still people living in there. Some people just don't want to leave. They say, this is my home. And they live, some people live in ruins. Others, some, there are some mm, houses, buildings that uh, are uh, still um, whole. Few, but there are. And um, someone asked me not long ago, what are the political views of the people there? Like, are they pro-Russian or pro-Ukrainian? Because they were fighting with the Ukraine, the Eastern part, D, how do you call it? DPR and LPR, Donetsk and Lugansk area. And that question seems very strange to me because people are more concerned about uh, getting warm clothes, getting something to eat. Uh, winter's coming, there's no heating. So in situations like this, um, political issues are not that important. And I could see that we really came as representatives of the kingdom of God. Nobody looked at us uh, as uh, Russians or whatever, you know, it made no difference if, if we bring something that people need and they need also uh, love and warmth and prayer. And it was even more than last time that uh, the issues of sides were just not there because people in Eastern Ukraine were very, very damaged by both sides. We kept hearing stories about how on this corner, a tank would be stationed and just shoot all around itself. So there was like destroying just any, any building, anything that is there. And um, when we heard that from refugees in Russia, we could think that they're just saying this because they're in Russian territory. But when we heard it from people there, there was a lot of damage, like things like with this tank and just um, deliberately destroying uh, blocks of, of uh, buildings from, from, their, um, from Azov, which was a, um, like, it's not the regular army, but um, we heard from intercessors, from Christians, how there were rituals, like rituals with uh, torches walking around the square, releasing the spirit of war. You know, it's, uh, Mariupol is a strategic city, a very key city, I think, because what was happening there, there was a lot of um, good things, extraordinary things from the Lord, uh, like they tore down Lenin and they put up a cross in the same square. This was in 2014 when the, the um, war started because the war between the civil war between them started in 2014. Um, and they put up a cross and they had um, a tent in that same square with 24 seven prayer and worship during two years, two years, lots of Christians, from different churches. Can you imagine the city square having a tent with 24 worship and prayer? I've never heard of anything like that in Russia or the Ukraine. And at the same time, uh, the people who were in this Azov, it's like a separate from the Ukrainian army, a separate unit that has its own um, commanders and whatever. 
and they're very much in a style that reminds the Second World War, um, Nazi style, I would say. So what they were, were doing, they tore down the cross one time, then second time, and seven times they would break the cross and do their rituals, and Christians would put up seven times this uh, cross in the city square. And then later, uh, we met the pastor of this church, who was the person who was literally doing it. And he said it was not seven times, it was much more. And when I'd come to the workshop where they made the wooden cross for me, they would laugh and say, so what happened? They tore it down again. So there was an open, overt spiritual warfare before this happened. So no wonder uh, that the city is um, like that. So is this, what, was this in Mariupol? Yes, yes. It's on the sea coast. It's a big port. It was a beautiful city. And um, in the square, there, in that same square, there's 26 white doves. They're on, they're like, you know, like lampposts that on big um, posts, and they're pretty big. And they represent the 26 um, re, how do you call it, regions of the Ukraine. And we went around the square and we prayed over each one of them especially over the ones that um, there's four regions that are, that already had this referendum, a vote. And all the people in Mariupol were really afraid for the, the consequences because um, if they choose Russia, a vote for us, as they did, Ukraine would be very un unpleased and try to get those lands back. But for them, it means more destruction more people killed. And I cannot imagine how can that be if there's almost nothing left. 85,000 people were killed in that city. And um, I would like to pray for, for those um, areas of the Ukraine because uh, it, it's hard to say, there's a lot of bitterness, a lot of people are hurt. But it's not against only Russia, because there are things that you probably have never heard, uh, that there were horrible atrocities from these um, battalions, they call them, Azov and Lvov. And they were particularly there in, in Donetsk area, they were operating. So these people from both sides were, were being destroyed for a long time. And... Um, the fact that they worshipped the god of war did not help their city. Odin, you know, there's the Scandinavian god. So the first prince, of, which was one, one then, Russia and Ukraine, you know, the Kiev Rus, and that was the nation, Vladimir, he baptized all the people into Christianity. Um, there were three brothers. This Vladimir and Svetoslav and Svetopol. And Svetoslav was the was pagan. And he was defending their old pagan faith. And that's the same faith that they did the torches, uh, the walk around the square and everything. They're fighting for the faith of their ancestors, the pagan Slavic thing. And so there was war between brothers and they killed each other like these three brothers are famous for their princes, uh, leaders of the nation, which was not really a nation, but just tribes then. 
So Sviatoslav represents the old pagan traditions and they put his monument instead of Lenin. I don't know if that's any better, but see, it's, uh, it's all spiritual, these things. And when we went there, we just went with humanitarian aid. We were not planning to do anything of all this. The Lord just brought it right to our face. And we met some local intercessors. And then we spoke on and we went and celebrated Rosh Hashanah, uh, the you know Feast of Trumpets with the remnants of four churches. And one of them was Messianic. The three others were not Messianic. And I think that was very significant there because it's like coming together of the church in Israel, the saved Israel that believes in Yeshua. And we blew the trumpets there. And, and we knew this, we knew that we're coming for that. So there were shofars in the city and uh, God gave me a scripture. And well, we'll see what, but I really believe the destruction will not come back to that land. Because it's not a matter of, I mean, for the local people, if you ask them, would they want you know, the Ukraine to come and do battles and restore their uh, freedom or their borders? They just want peace. They just want uh, no more destructions. They're, like I, I cannot imagine what else would, would there be to destroy. So when we met with people, it would never come to our minds really to like we're Russians or Ukrainians and whatever. And I just wanted to say that there's hundreds of people coming, I would say thousands, not all at the same time, and going into the Eastern Ukraine to the people that are hurting, that have nothing to eat, that have no warm clothes, coming from Russia. And this is the kingdom of God advancing, really. We don't come in the name of Russia. We come in the name of Jesus. And people donate money. Unsaved people, businessmen donate money. And we buy, like we bought rubber boots and stuff there. We brought, you know, things that are most needed. And uh, food. And we just meet volunteers, even crossing the border in and out. You occasionally see them. And they make signs, you know, that we are Christians, you know, point at the sky or something like that. So the, in this sense, I really praise God for the church, that it's rising. It's rising above uh, the political situations, the war and everything. And there are some Christians inside in the city that are just happier than many people in normal places and full of strength. Not everyone, but one particular lady, I thought, wow, how can she be so undamaged? And her husband, who was a backslider, well, as we call such people, he did not go into the basement when they were bombing, when there was bombing, and his whole family went into the basement. They have a house, not apartment, but a house. So he said, if I go in there, who will undig my family if, if they get um, under the rubble? And he stayed up there. And this person who was called a backslider, a strong man, the head of the family, he said, he remembered how God spoke to Abraham, Abraham spoke to God, and God said that if there's 10 righteous people, then he'll spare the city. And he said, okay, there's me, my wife, and there's neighbor, that neighbor. And so he started counting on his fingers how many he knows uh, saved people, righteous people, and he counted 10. 
and their whole their their uh, house is completely safe. Their garden and their orchard and vineyard. There's so much grapes in Mariupol. They say there's um, a, a very big harvest of grapes this year, more than usual, fruit. And wherever you go, there's lots and lots of grapes. And it looks like uh, like paradise, really. You come there and in the midst of destruction, there's this house and nothing ever touched their house, like no shells or bombs or bullets or anything. Maybe Zhenya can share some more. It was a week, but it looked like a, like a month to us. And people are still open, but they're very hurting. And of course, it's hard to see the pain of people there, especially the unsaved people. Which is good. Yeah. It was a precious time. And the most precious for me, um, <clears throat> um, the many things, but um when we were together full churches one of them is messianic from messianic congregation and um, others um we worshiped there together and uh, did the dances church dances Circle dances. Yeah, circle dances. Yeah. And the first people were like sad and uh, they couldn't dance. And after that, we, uh, Katya led the circle dance. Yeah. And I, I, I was sing, singing, singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, I blew the shofar after the word about Rosh Hashanah. And um, people there, um, they said, one, one of them, the lady, uh, said that it was the first time uh, after the war uh, that somebody came to us, you know, and um, that uh, was very powerful um, meeting and uh, powerful was that we celebrated, uh, celebrated there, that feast. And after... Uh, uh, we have we had connection with that people, and uh, one of them even said, uh, "If you uh, are planning to come next time, uh, come to my home and stay with me." You know, yeah, and uh, we hugged the people and. Uh, uh, it was like love, you know, love, uh, and like uh, even healing, because, yeah, I sang one of my songs, and uh, people uh, were very touched and uh, uh, testified that uh, that was like very deep, and uh, also. Katya said the word 
very interesting word. Yeah, and after that word, um, you know, one of the lady that lost everything, you know, uh, her house and everything she had was burned, burned. Yeah. Only her car, uh, they, they found after that, it was like a miracle. And uh, we, we were in her car and after, after she, he drived us and uh, like- He gave us a tour of the city, yeah, of the destroyed city. The destroyed city. Yeah, and she said, I forgive you, Russian. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, very powerful. The pastor also very was interesting, was a very interesting man. And um, he also, uh, the first time that he um, heard about, um, not heard, but he was against messianic, uh, messianic topic, but uh, uh, that was the first time that he um, accepted, yeah, accepted that. And uh, it was very, very good. Yeah, I have a joy in my heart about that because God gave, uh, maybe we didn't very, very great things, but uh, we, uh, felt that we are doing the things that God um, uh, gave us to, to do that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was about healing nations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we asked God for the river to flow from the under the throne of the living water and asked him for two leaves, one for healing the nations, one for Ukraine and one for Russia, together with all the congregations there. There's not many people, the remnants, the holy remnant, but it was such a picture of how the church is, uh, is God's, you know, part of God's kingdom, his nation. And when I blew the trumpet, I called the Christians from every nation to come under the banner of Jesus Christ, the banner of love, Jehovah Nisi, God or banner. Yeah, and he gave us love to these people. I mean, without it, we wouldn't even go. Yeah, I don't even know how to pray. What I shared is for your information, maybe for future prayer about Odin and all that, the God of war, because Rurik, who started the... Kiev Rus. He was from Scandinavia. I didn't mention that. He he was invited from Scandinavia to rule over Kiev, over the all the tribes because the tribes couldn't come to agreement who would be the senior guy. And Odin was his. That's why they worshipped him. You know the old uh, Slavonic. Uh, tribes so obviously the the brothers killing each other is like what's happening now is like russians and the ukrainians and so that's uh well we prayed into that but not much but the, the, this is all from local christians they told us we had no clue about this didn't know yeah um i don't even know how to pray well let me just pray and then you add something if you feel like it
because um, uh, this is not easy. It's not easy to see people who lost everything. Lord, you see every heart. You see every person that has been damaged. And Lord, it's not just numbers and figures. It's real people. And Lord, we ask you to restore Eastern Ukraine, to restore the whole Ukraine, Lord. And Lord, as um, people decide things somewhere up there, Lord, the people that are simple people, they want peace. And Lord, I believe that the word that you've given us um, is from you, that we didn't make it up. And it's um, Jeremiah 31, the first 14 verses. And it says that there will again be uh, circle dances in the city, that uh, again, the, that the people who, who found, uh, who were spared from the sword, they found uh, peace and comfort in the desert. And this city looks like a desert, Lord, but life is coming back. And I thank you. That there's a lot more people, a lot more cars, the buses are running, and it seems like life is coming back. And I ask you that there won't be a second outbreak of the war, Lord that roads are being restored, new neighborhoods are being built. And Lord, um, you hear the cries of all the people living there. And we ask you just have mercy and stop this Lord war, that this after the referendum will not lead to a big war, to uh, more destruction, more death. Lord, I know that uh, you don't like people to die. You wouldn't send Jesus to die instead of us. So, Father God, I ask you to, um, to come to strengthen the body of Christ in the Ukraine, especially in the damaged places and places where the war is still going on, that our brothers and sisters will be strong in faith, that they will know that you are protecting them, that they will know that the safe place is in you, safer than any basement. Jesus, Jesus, you are safer and you're stronger than anybody and anything else. And I give you praise for every testimony of people who you have um, saved physically. And we ask you for your gospel to spread now that the people are broken, that uh, there will be a new start, a fresh start, Lord, for the people there. Thank you, Jesus. We just ask you for this city to never have to go the second time through this. And we believe that the bowl is full. The bowl of judgment, the bowl of wrath is full. And now the bowl of mercy. The bowl of mercy is uh, uh, tipped and, and the mercy is flowing, Lord God. <clears throat> Thank you, Mother God. You're a God of mercy. Thank you for what you've done there in these days before Yom Kippur, these days when we all check our hearts, Lord. I pray that your kingdom will prevail, that your body would be able to be the answer to hurting people, no matter what the situation will be in the future with any place on the earth, that we will be uh, representatives of your kingdom. We will bring light where there's darkness. We'll bring hope where there is despair and healing where there's hurts, Lord. Because that is your nation, your 
your body and, and your kingdom, Lord. And we see it happening before our eyes. Wait, you just um, muted yourself. Katya, you just muted yourself. Can you unmute? Until she gets her um, <clears throat> voice back. I hope that we're all hearing the same sound. It's the sound of the bride coming out of the destruction. Father, I thank you for the voice of the Lord. It has not silenced in the midst of war. That you're calling your people into a new paradigm, into new thinking that pushes us beyond the political spirit that has ruled our hearts and our heads for so long. Father, we bless the Christians in Ukraine. We bless the Messianic congregation. We bless the Russian uh, Christians who are rising above this din of war to bring forth your righteousness. I, Father, I pray for supply lines to come in to glorify your church, to bring forth the uh, provide for their every need according to your riches and glory. I thank you for the testimonies that are coming out like this man who stood in the midst of war and saved his house and his family. And Lord, would you, I think about that and I'm wondering, would we, would we have that strength? So I pray for strength of the remnant in yeah, Russia, the remnant believers, the remnant believers in the Ukraine that will push themselves beyond all the offensive war the offense that the political spirit would like to put up in our own hearts and minds. Lord, help us to see beyond this because sanctified mercy is at the doorstep. Not unsanctified, but sanctified mercy that opens your healing hand over nations is at the doorstep of these nations. And I thank you that Katya has walked through it in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Как еще? А как сделать? Я не могу что-то. Что Включить микрофон. Что я туплю? Yes, now it is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I would like to ask Ksusha to share because there's another side of the story here in Russia. Ksusha, oh, could you please, Susan, make her again? Um, yes. Not an oh, yeah, I'll take her off interpretation. Please. Okay, you're good, Susha. Yes, thank you. Um, I would like to tell you a little bit about what is happening in Russia uh, at the same time. Uh, in Russia, there was announced the partial mobilization. And um, now this is a step that um, shook every family. And we shared earlier that during the war, in the beginning, Russian people were shaken. Uh, but then there was a phase uh, for many people to be like in denial, like this is not happening to us. We are not in war. Um, but this uh, mobilization uh, made it impossible for people to pretend we are not in war because it touches almost every family. And some people are taken already people in Russia mostly don't want to participate in war. They don't want to go to war and kill and die themselves. 
but they are forced to. Um, and some are mobilized and some are horrified in that. And others are horrified that then they can be mobilized. And we understand that this is just the beginning. Uh, we see that many people are fleeing, especially men are fleeing from Russia to, in different directions to other countries. And you've heard about refugees from Ukraine. Now there is a wave of refugees. Well, maybe not refugees, maybe they, but still there are people, flood of people coming to different countries, to Scandinavia, to Europe, to um, Georgia and other countries, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and other countries, all directions. And um, we don't know this referendum, what, what uh, uh, it will bring in concerning the war, if it will spread, if it, what direction it will spread to the Russian territory, to the other countries' territory, we don't know. Um, but I believe that there will be some, it will affect the, the flow of the war, how it will develop further. And what we feel that we would, we want to pray and we do pray for, uh, for Russian people in this situation, um, especially for the church to not to be taken over by the fear, because uh, we hear about even pastors leaving, leaving the church and fleeing. And you can imagine how this will shake the whole church. Um, so we, we want to pray that um, Russian Christians will not be overtaken by fear. And I'm thinking about what Jesus said in Matthew, Matthew 24. Um, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you will not be troubled. And his command for us not to be troubled. And we need God's uh, spirit not to be troubled. In Russian translation, it says, don't be horrified. Uh, and we need God's strength for that, God's spirit for that. And uh, also, uh, we need to understand God's children in Russia, we need to understand what to do, because uh, God may lead some um, out of the country, God say, God can uh, lead some people to the army to be among the soldiers and to, to help people there to know God and to call out to, to God. Uh, and it's so critically important to hear from God and to be moved by God, to be moved by his spirit. So this is what I would like to pray about. And when you think about Russia in these days, please pray for that. And for uh, we believe that it's time for the Russian church to, to start shining. Because if Russian Christians are without fear, 
standing in their place and doing what God has called them to do, not taken over by fear. They can show the direction for many others, what to do and pray for many others. And it's, it's time to shine, really. And I will pray for that. Um, let's let's um pray i'm sorry are you are you done susha um i was thinking that i can pray okay a little about that go ahead yes please um lord you see the hearts of people in russia you you said that we are not supposed to he to fear not not supposed to be troubled Lord, and I, I pray for your spirit to, uh, to fill your church here in Russia, fill the hearts of your children here in Russia. Lord, forgive us for uh, being too much involved in the, uh, in the politics and um, identifying ourselves with, with a country so much sometimes more than with your kingdom. And Lord, we uh, say today that we want to be of your kingdom here, doing your kingdom business in this land, Lord, and wherever you call us. And I pray, Lord, you fill us up with your spirit, your spirit of power and love and sound mind. I pray, Lord, that you speak very clearly to every, every one of your children. And I pray, Lord, those people who are who don't know you yet, but they are crying out, where is salvation? Where is the way out? I pray, Lord, that you reveal yourself to them because you are the door of salvation. You are the way. You are the way out. I pray that you come to many and find many. I pray that you make your church here in Russia to arise and shine, not flee, but arise and shine. Mm -hmm. and do what you have prepared us to do for this season, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Alyssa, Katya, do you have anything else or can we jump into prayer here? Just quickly, I want to say that when the war just started, I prayed for people that I know, guys that were escaping from the Ukraine because they didn't want to go and fight. Now I'm praying for Russian people that I know, people who were in my team uh, that are leaving with their families because they don't want to fight. And it's the same thing. It's like people do not want to fight. And um, I mean, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? People are leaving the country because they don't want to fight. But that's a good thing. It just speaks for itself. And um, let's just pray. I, um, I stayed in the war zone when I was in Chechnya and I was faithful to the church. I was leading it because everyone else left. And it was all baby Christians that we led to the Lord. And my mother was sick in the hospital and I had a choice <clears throat> to go leave the church, the people we led to the Lord, and to stay with my mom, to get myself a job and to buy medicine, and it didn't help much because she was mentally ill and that's not something that is easily cured. 
and or to leave the church. It was a very hard choice. And the baby Christians were very hurting and damaged people because they, they had things happen to them. And they said to us, you tell us about the love of God, but when they start throwing bombs, you will pack your bags and leave and leave us here to die. And they were speaking out of their hurt, but they were right because everyone else left. And I felt I, need, I don't need a lot of anointment or a gift. I need to be faithful to the people that God loves and he saved and it's called the church. And I stayed there. And my mother stayed in the hospital for a year and a half and then she, she died. Well, I couldn't take her out of, out of it anyway because uh, she was unable to live uh, among like people because she was mentally ill. And I, I hate to share these things, but I just feel that this is the time to be faithful. This is the time to be faithful. And when I was in Mariupol the first time, I cried when I was in a church meeting. Those people, they, were, they said, oh, we missed this so much. We had no meetings at all. We did not gather together as Christians for such a long time. And I just sat there and cried because I felt that to God, his bride is like a precious jewel in his crown. And it's, it's faithfulness to him and faithfulness to each other as well. So I just wanted to share that because it's, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what's happening now in Russia. So it's like, there's a big difference. It's, it's a test. You see what's inside of people and we're not better than anyone else. So only by God's grace, we can do what we're doing. But if you have been close to Jesus, it's easier to stay faithful. If you have been like living in the flesh all your life, it's a good time to just start living differently. So it's like a time of testing that you have two extremes. Some people are like what we shared with Zhenya, wonderful people risking their lives and going in there. And other people are just, it's just like uh, there's black and white, no more gray. So that's what I just wanted to say. And it's, it's a time to be faithful. That's all. Well, <clears throat> these are huge. This is a huge end time lesson for us all. I hope we're getting that. And um, thank you for Russia bringing forth this, this revelation. Lena, you have your hand up. You want to go ahead and pray? Yeah, Katya, I was thinking the same thing. This is a time when <clears throat> the rubber meets the road and our faith are being tested. Um, and we, we bless uh, the church in Russia. Father, we <clears throat> bless those that um, are in the fire right now and their faith is being tested. Father, we ask that um, that the body of Christ, that those who are called by your name, Holy Spirit, we know uh, the scripture says the days are coming when, um, you know, love will grow cold. But we ask in the season, Lord, as we contemplate what is happening, as the nations are looking and, and people considering what is happening to us, right? Um, from COVID, from, from um, sickness, devastation to this um, war, uh, Father, um, we ask Holy Spirit, even specifically for the church in Russia, that there is an awakening of the hearts that there is a soberness, uh, a sobriety that will come upon us. Father, we ask that you would, um, <clears throat> we pray, Lord, for your hedge of protection around the hearts and the ears that, uh, that the, the deception and the fear and the 
the self-protection would not arise. Instead, um, that there would be a determination to uh, see things from from your perspective. Father, we ask that the that the events of the day would awaken people uh, to consider what you are saying, to consider the end times, to consider the uh, the war, the spiritual war that we live in, Father, and that um, and that instead of it being uh, a fear or a self-protection mentality, uh, that this determination would arise to seek the kingdom of God, to seek your will, to seek your purposes, to seek to um, fight for your name, for your cause. Father, to understand that, um, to make a choice as to what is worth dying for, what is worth dying for, and to lay down our lives and to just um, uh, uh, to live for the things that are valuable, Lord God, to, to fight for love, to fight for love, um, to fight for um, reconciliation, um, to fight for freedom of, of the spirit, um, to worship the one true God. Um, and it's not about names, it's not about um, the human endeavor, but it's about our God, it's about Jesus, it's about eternal life and Jesus coming back. Father, correct perspectives during this time. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon the body of Christ for faith to arise. Father, we ask for voices, for leaders to arise with voice for righteousness, a voice for you, Lord, that they will be broadcasted even if it's in the square, um, um, but there would be a broadcast that is allowed to go out and people would hear and be enticed to walk in your ways, to think your way, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to declare um, Isaiah 60 over the church in um, <clears throat> Russia. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and a deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Father, I pray that this would be the birthing of the prophetic word that you gave Hudson Taylor so long ago, that Russia would lead the way in the beauty of the church and uh, release it into the nations in revival in Jesus' name. Molly, did you have something? Thank you, um, Dr. Sue and Katya. Years back, I had an encounter with the Lord and he challenged me in my prayer time. I had a young family and I, I loved my youngest son very much. And I loved my family very much. And when my prayer time, the Lord challenged me with this question. He said, if I ask you to give up, give me your husband, your children, your money and everything I've given you, if I take away these things, will you still love me? Mm. And it was the hardest question 
I have I was faced with and I had known the voice of God by then that I knew it was God was asking me that and I could not think the next thought but I had to make a decision in my mind and I had to tell him and it was my choice and and I said yes lord you can have them I will love you I sincerely thought my saying that meant the next day I would find my whole family dead or gone. But that was not the case. But over a period of time, God has worked over my heart over that question of loving. And I believe, Katya, as you have put it, the body of Christ and the church is at such a place where this... And I was actually watching... Um, um, uh, the Woman of Destiny um, video by um, one of the prophetesses, I forget her name now, but anyway. Um, and this is a question uh, from this portion of Luke 12, verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he loses his life for my sake will find it. I just, I, I believe that we are coming into the rubber meets road, like Lena said, a place where, like Katya, we will be challenged to be faithful to God. And I just want to repent on behalf of the church. And I want to be honest with God and say, God, prepare my heart. Prepare our hearts, oh God. When you call us to this test at a deeper level, as the body of Christ is now coming into that true place where you had to choose that cup of suffering to drink it or to pass it. So, Father, we just pray. We need your strength. Lord, strengthen the body. Strengthen your ecclesia. Father, thank you so much for our sister Katya and the Russian watch for living out this gospel. Lord, we pray as nations that Lord, when this when these trials and tribulations come, that we will not run away, that we will choose you, that you will cause us to be strong. Molly, you're frozen. We, we agree with what Molly is saying, that uh, 
they are that come for us to be strong. This is a huge lesson in the end time narrative for us, <clears throat> for us all. Um, Ajuta, we're at the top of the hour, but um, Ajuta, yeah. do you want to close um, us I off? I have a scripture, it's in Matthew 12, 20 and 21, and I declared it over Russia and Ukraine, a bruised reed um, you do not break, and smoking flecks you do not quench, till you send forth judgment unto victory, and in your name shall the, the uh, Russia and Ukraine trust. And I thank you, um, I thank you, Jesus, that Russia and Ukraine, they are one people in you. I thank you for pouring your love over in and through them, Lord. I thank you that in your love, what we heard in these testimonies, Lord, there is your victory. And thank you for moving your arm, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, Katya, uh, Susha, everyone from Russia, thank you for coming, sharing your hearts with us today. It's a really a conviction to us on how to pray in this hour. It's not, it's not easy. But um, uh, yeah, I agree with Marvi here that you have been fire to our bones, that we, we uh, need a, a big wake-up call on how to pray <laughs> and how to respond to these uh, adverse things that happen are happening right now. Um, <clears throat> uh, I would like Lena to just say, uh, uh, speak a word about a situation room we're going to be holding on Saturday. Uh, Lena, do you want to just speak into that uh, so people make people aware of it? Yeah, um, um, you guys may know that there is war in Armenia, that uh, the Azeris have, um, but starting on September 13, that they, on September 13, that they bombed uh, villages that are within Armenia proper. And um, there's been a lot of rhetoric about how um, either we give up the land in, at the negotiation tables with, um, um, between Armenia and Azeris that um, either we give up um, most of the southern portion of the entire nation um, and a lot of the eastern um, uh, towns, I don't know really how much uh, mileage-wise, I don't know, but Anyway, so they're threatening either you give it up or we take it by war. That's basically it. There's not much negotiations happening um, because they know that 3 million cannot fight 11 million that are well armed. Um, we're not armed at all, um, you know, when you think about drones and modern stuff. So, um, so yeah, we're going to have a situation room and pray for God's will. Um, pray for the body of Christ. There's a lot of anger, fear, um, a lot of division, unfortunately, in the nation from, yeah. So there's also a lot of worship, a lot of prayer, a lot of, <clears throat> in the main square, um, from different kind, different denominations are out there praying um, publicly, uh, declaring Psalm 91, asking God for mercy. Um, so, there's everything happening from a movement um, and God working, enemy working. It's just a, a true war zone. <laughs> so please join us. I will announce it on the signal. Uh, it's um, 
Saturday at 7 p.m. Jerusalem time. And it will be on the same uh, link as the normal watch. Saturday at 7 p.m. Yeah, it's on this link on Saturday. Um, what did you say? 5 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Okay. Thank you so much for bringing that forward. <clears throat> you know, the, the Nord Stream uh, pipe that was blown up. So there is a methane, like, I mean, yesterday it was 300,000 uh, tons of methane released to the air. So that means it's a big disaster. I mean, just, I mean, yesterday I read it's like 5 million uh, uh, cars for five years just giving the gas. So they are talking about uh, it's going to be it's, uh, the biggest uh, disaster. Um, that's, that's uh, is that the pipeline that, that yes. exploded? Okay. Yeah. So well, I, we, we need to pray that that closes up. Uh, maybe you could put something in the chats on that so people get uh, um, educated on that. <clears throat> but, um, I don't know. I'm very, very stirred right now uh, that this was a huge lesson for us, and we're going to need to ponder this in our heart with what it means for us to shift in our, our own thinking. Oh, uh, Karen, you have something you wanted to add to this? We are at the top of the hour here. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, because there was a mention about uh, a pipeline. Uh, in fact, please pray with us because a few of our Scandinavia intercessors, Scandinavia Watch intercessors, uh, were going to have a prayer over the sea uh, for the Aliyah Highway from Netherlands mm -hmm. to Christians uh, to Norway and Norway to Christian, you know, and this sea highway uh, is going to be touching Germany and um, De Denmark. Uh, wow. And so okay. it's for for nations, and uh, this has been something the Lord has put in my heart about the sea, uh, about the waters since the start of the war. And so I was just like asking the Lord, what is this about? I know that there is something that God has. It's a long prophetic history, guys, but uh, what God spoke to me is this, whoever conquers the water conquers the land. And so we uh and then supernaturally god connected me to a boat who owns the boat a cruise boat a cruise ship and uh he divinely connected me to this owner and that they open up their boat that we could do it on the boat oh. uh, when is this when is this happening next uh, uh 7th to 9th of october and so Please put that in the chat because that's really important. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so we are <laughs> just really going to have that. Uh, we're going to converge the Dutch intercessors uh, and the uh, Scandinavia Watch um, are going to be on this trip. It's an undercover mission. Uh, we just really receive a favor from the owner of the ship to do it, uh, uh, it's a very long story, but uh, so please cover us in prayer because we feel this is interesting that this pipeline is coming right now, you know, uh, because that's exactly what we feel uh, to take authority over the waters uh, um, that the Lord is really, we feel that this is really a preemptive strike prayer. We Amen. have been 
goodies redemptive prayer prayer you know like uh, we have been doing that uh the past five years uh but this time i feel like the lord is bringing us into preemptive preemptive yes. strike prayer uh strategic prayer so uh please cover us in prayer i would appreciate that thank you that's all boy <clears throat> send me information on that if you could please <clears throat> um i'll do that this is this is things are happening so rapidly um it's almost like we we've got to get out on the front line of this thing out in front of this thing just like what you're talking about karen and uh, thank you for doing that just like you were talking about lena get out in the front of this war before it escalates and um so i pray for all of us for strength for um for our the joy of the lord to be strong that our love would not grow weary in these days of adversity and uh, that as um, we do all need that time of rest that we can war from a place of rest and um know and trust you increasingly lord that these things are all under your control the earth is the lord's and the fullness mm -hmm. thereof He's just drawing the church's heart out so that he can shape it and craft it into his image. And this was a big lesson today. Thank you, Katya, in molding and shaping us into the bride of Christ in spite of war, in spite of all the animosities that are going on. The bride of Christ is rising above it. And that's exciting to me. That thought is just all, all of a sudden, it's just the Holy Spirit is encouraging me. I hope it's encouraging you. We are part of the bride and we are in the palm of his hand. Amen. It is very <laughs> word, word, word. You know, like uh, uh, <laughs> she said in a, in a, okay, you know, our congregation, Kirataka uh, men, you know, when, when the Gulf War started, that's how the congregation actually started because David and Karen in the war came back when everybody left. So, you know, that's how we were drawn to David, all our young group, and that's how God blessed it. And we have the congregation and the rest that is around it, you know, that God Amen. did it. So it's a testimony and, you know, we hold on for well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen between now and April, but the Spirit of Elijah <laughs> uh, Summit at Kehilat Carmel is calling us there. <laughs> we may be in the midst of war, but we're going to be there standing strong. Amen? Yes. Amen. Well, <clears throat> oh, does somebody else have something? <laughs> God bless you guys. That's what strength is. We, you know, we'll, we'll keep going no matter what. Um, Karen, did you have something more? or no 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 oh okay okay Sorry. very good um all right the next uh session is going to be the shabbat so god bless you all and um may the joy of the lord be our strength today thank you again katya um what you guys have said is reshaping our hearts and minds even as we uh, press into this hour may god encourage us all and the spirit of revelation lead us on Amen. Let's unmute. God bless. God bless Russia. Be strong and of good courage. Not give up. Bless you, Russia. Bless you, Bless you, Genya. Bless you, Natalia. Bless you all. Thank you so much. Love you.
Thank you. Love you. Love you.